Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special mini-sode, or mega-sode, depending on what we do here, of Weekly Manga Recap. We played a game, Nick. The game yeah. The game was, uh, would be like a, I'm trying to think of what, like a kid's game that would be equivalent to what happened. Uh, oh, you could be the old school game of how long can you play on the phone, or how long can you play on a computer before your mom's like, I need to use the phone! <laughs> <laughs> and then you get shut off of your splatterball tournament on AOL. I don't. I'd never play that one personally, Aww. but I will take your word that it was a thing that existed. It, because, it was uh, absolutely a thing that existed. I can guarantee you that. Question mark. Yeah, there were uh, numerous issues that arose on Wednesday when we normally record our episode, uh, and uh, as a result of it, we had to delay things. Uh, I had a power outage in my area, and uh, I was without power for a little bit, but then I was without internet until the morning, mm-hmm. uh, which led me to an amusing point to entertain myself. I went to my Blu-ray collection, and I was like, <laughs> all right, let's see what we got here. I got some decent Blu-rays, but I was like, you know what? Back in 2016, I think, when I was still playing Hearthstone, there was a deal at one point where if you bought the Warcraft oh movie, God. you got... <laughs> Hearthstone packs, and I bought the DVD or the Blu-ray yeah. and never watched it ever. So I was like, you know what? What other time am I really gonna have for this? So I watched the Warcraft movie, and I was like, All right, what's your what's your five years late review? Then? <laughs> uh, you know, I bet I had some. I hope I opened some pretty sweet cards out of those packs because that really. <laughs> For a very long, like, for a while, it was almost kind of the point of having the movie was to be like, and here's my Warcraft movie I've never watched because I bought it for the Hearthstone packs that came with it. And, and that uh, one doesn't even have that going for it. Nope, th- those packs are gone. Uh, I don't know what I even got from them anymore. And now it's just a pretty mediocre movie. Look, you can tell a lot of love's put into it. But man, oh man, it is painful to watch. <laughs> You're like, this is very slow and very nerdy. And I know this lore, and I still think this is nerdy and lame. And uh, meanwhile, uh, you informed me that your power is out, and I was like, all right, I'll do this. I can do it. Oh, I'm sick. Um, (laughs) You're trudging forward. One step at a time, you're ready. Um, And uh, I I am feeling a lot better than I was a couple of days ago. But even today, like, I slept for much longer than I normally sleep, and uh, I'm still uh, not feeling great. Uh, but we are here to talk about um, people that were in much worse situation than us. Maybe? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's interesting you say that. Let's start from the beginning when we All talk right. about series. The Big Bang happened. And, right. Oh, no, you didn't want to go back that far. I mean, we could. Okay. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we're going to be thousands, uh, thousands of things uh, that you know, countless universes, countless galaxies, countless uh, solar systems and stars <laughs> and planets form, but only one is uh, host to the human race, as far as we know. And uh, eventually, a guy writes a manga called Alice in Borderland. Yes. Uh, Haro Aso is the author and illustrator of this series. It ran between November 2010 and and March 2016 in Shonen Sunday S, and then Weekly Shonen Sunday. And this is a series that I believe that when I named it for a recommendation, that I, that I kind of noted that it was sort of gancy. 
Um, I misheard you too, and for a while I thought this was done by the the person who did Gantz, and I was like, huh, they really toned things down a little bit. This yeah. is much less aggressively horny than Gantz was. Uh, and also, just, I mean, there's definitely a lot of cruelty and pointless death in it, but not yes. nearly as much as... Not as to the same is. degree, certainly, yeah. Uh, it's, um... I guess that it's really a lot of like a lot of those series that are in line. I think that Battle Royale, Battle Royale rather popularized this of people just wind up in a situation where a bunch yes. of them are going to die. Um, there is this mysterious incident that happens in Japan where uh, this uh, kid, this like college age kid named Arisu, uh, which is like a reverse romanization of alice so there there is where the title comes from oh we'll get to that we're gonna get to that at some point we'll, we'll talk about that eventually <laughs> and also we'll talk about how arisu was the only one that i caught the first time round. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, ha you had to catch hatter no honestly, wow I didn't. I, okay I, I don't know why but i just didn't catch that but uh so look I've been re I've been re we'll talk about the Alice in Wonderland references in this, but I've been reading Red Hood for the past six weeks, and compared to that, this is subtle. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Arisu and a couple of his friends wind up in Tokyo, but there's nobody around, and it turns out that the eventually that no, oh, there are some people around, but like a lot of the population is just gone, and they don't really know what the hell has happened. However, they end up stumbling into these games, which are games of life and death. If, you know, you pass them, then you get to survive. And if you don't, then you die. Uh, and you have to participate in these games because at stake in each of them is a playing card, a very traditional uh, ace through ten, and eventually then later the face cards, uh, spades, clubs, diamonds, hearts, and... Uh, and the higher the value of the card, with Ace being the lowest, the more that it is worth, it acts as a visa for everyone who wins the game, uh, and they are allowed to survive that number of days. And if you don't participate in a game before your visa runs out, you die. If you die in the game, you die. If you um, kill people, they die. Uh, it, and <laughs> why are well, people What situation? the fuck was that from? If you kill people, then they die. Isn't that from something? That's from an anime. Yeah, people die say. when they people die when they are killed, and something there's like a that. lot there's a lot of variations for that. Yeah. So, uh, Arisu, it's up to Arisu and the people that he encounters to try and survive in these games, and that's really kind of it. Uh. It's really just about encountering different characters and whether or not you want them to survive or die, depending on if you like them or not. Uh, and it turns out eventually that there may or may not be a purpose to the borderland that they are in, what, what it is. Um, there is an element of testing humans' morality, but that doesn't seem to necessarily be the ultimate purpose of it. Um... And because of the way that the series builds up to its conclusion and then concludes, it doesn't ever really feel like it's a nice, complete package, and you really just kind of have to draw your own conclusion from it. Well, there, there's deliberately 
some things left unanswered. Um, and that's that's honestly the theme of this series is the answer. It is something that is chased essentially from the beginning until all the way at the very end. And we won't get into that right now because that's honestly kind of the big spoiler of the series is what is the answer. Um, but I will say to describe this series, the, the first thing I would use to describe it is Saw. This is very much like Saw where the game's are the draw to it. You want to see the weird games that these characters are put into, and then the games themselves sometimes have, as you you mentioned, sort of like a morality aspect to it or a trick to it that you don't notice or something like that. And there's, there's a theme of like, oh, these games all have a winnable solution, but sometimes they might come at different costs and all the games have different categories in them for different categories and some innately pitch you up against others more than others might and and things like that uh it also i guess if you need a manga example is like a little bit like batum which is a series yeah. i don't think a ton about but as i was reading this i was like yeah you and batum would like you definitely hang out you definitely flirt a little bit i don't think you'd yeah. get married but you would have a short fling for a couple months before both of you realized you're too much of the codependent one in the relationship and it would <laughs> never work out because you would never be able to strike a balance um and I, I think this series had an interesting trajectory with me because at the start, I hated it. Like, I truly mm -hmm. thought this was just boring. Like, I couldn't get into it. The characters weren't interesting. And I feel like I had just read too many of these sorts of series before in the past. Sure. Um, but around the time, probably the second game, the tag game, and I think mm -hmm. maybe it's a hide and seek game that actually did it. I was like, all right. The series so far is relatively inoffensive, and it's just interesting enough that I want to read how these things end. So I was starting to kind of get into a momentum with it. Then about a little bit further on, I started running out of steam. Because there is a point where I, this manga has one of the weirdest like chapter sequential orders of a series I've ever read. Because it'll be like I agree. Yeah. it'll be like four chapters, and then it'll be like side story yeah. and the side story will be longer than the last fucking story that was in the manga and it'll sometimes involve characters who are not characters we know so you're mm -hmm. just reading new people and you don't know what context this is made. like they're just opportunities to basically show more games essentially yeah. and i mean i i had the same issue uh at certain points like there is a point where we are introduced to a side character uh, who um, becomes important to the main story later. And it turns out, oh, he and Arisu were participating in this one game when he was introduced it's, to the Borderlands. It's interesting you say that because that he is interest. He is involved in the plot in that he's introduced to the side story to then be relevant in another side story. Which at right. that point, isn't it the fucking plot at that point? Is it the side story anymore if, you, if they're all involved in the same goddamn story? Uh, but the, and like there's a bunch of different characters they're introduced in the side story and they become relevant to how they take down one of the face cards. But one of the face cards is involves entirely characters that you're not familiar with and that aren't relevant to the plot after that point <laughs> beyond taking one of the face card guys down. Uh, but then there will also be side stories that are like, this is how Chishia was introduced into the game. So this is the first task that he underwent and 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 why he had that gun in the first task. Uh, but <laughs> but it's so 
I had the same problem with, yes, you're totally right that like the main purpose of them is to have more games, but some of them suffer from why do I care about what happens to any of these people? There, there is one specific one, the Jack of Hearts scenario. Hate, that, I hated the way that, that, that played out. That you're yeah. just sitting there and you're like, what the fuck is, is the point of this? Because it's, it's, I think, like six chapters long or something really like that. Long. It's, 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 uh, it's like the length of most of these arcs. And it doesn't involve any characters you know. It also doesn't involve one of the face, like it involves one of the face characters, but not one of the kings or of like you know, the four representatives right. of that category who we meet earlier on. He's just a random mook, essentially. And you read There's through the a... whole thing, and it's just an introduction to two new characters who could thematically play into the lore of the world, but are not plot-relevant characters. Right. They do not get involved with the story going forward. Right. It's They're kind of set up as if they're going to show up in the series short sequel manga, but then don't. So. <laughs> yeah well it also should be noted this this manga has a couple spin-offs as well yes, it does. uh and i don't know if they're not involved in any I, I only read the one i read retry which is like a very very short story it's basically it like yeah. one game essentially uh but they, yeah they are not involved in that at all i thought maybe they were introducing those characters there because they were going to be antagonists sort of involved in the last game but they're not the last game happens and they sit there fucking drinking wine and shit like that and yeah. philosophizing you're just We're like so evil. <laughs> yeah like what am, I, what am i reading who cares <laughs> um so they're, they're definitely reached a point where i was like all right i'm kind of getting overdone on these games because a lot of the times when it moves to a new story it's just to show off the new game and I'll be honest, it's like a 50-50 as to whether or not I'll actually enjoy it. Like, certain games, I'm like, oh, that's clever. I like that. You did good things. And there's other ones where you're like, watch them play Mahjong. And I'm like, no, nope, I'm out. I'm tuned out. I'm gone. I'm sorry. It's, it's a great game, I'm sure, but this is not interesting to me. You didn't do anything cool with this. It's just Mahjong and someone dies when they lose. Yep, pretty much. Um, But then, at the end, I have another turnabout. But we'll we'll, we'll get to that, I guess, as we get more into actual spoilers. Right, so I guess we should start off with um, it, this series really kind of tries to go for a big, uh, I guess, surprise death kind of thing, as in, oh, this is a place where everyone can die, but then a couple of games in, it's like, no, 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 I meant it. Mm -hmm. Like, anyone can die. Here, you know, these three characters that looked like they were going to be part of the main cast, and they're all dead now. Because... Yes. Uh, Arisu and uh, his two close friends that he gets stuck into the borderlands with alongside a uh, girl that they meet very quickly. And like there are things that are like going on between the four of them that look like they could potentially play out in the future. Uh, and instead they get put into a game where they're told all of you have to basically participate in a really weird version of tag where only one person is going to survive this. And Arisu is the one who survives because uh, after they turn on each other for a little bit, the, the other three decide we 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 need to let Arisu live. Mm. And so they do. And Arisu for, through the rest of the series is just kind of like, I need to believe that my friends died for a reason. I've got to, you know, carry on in their name and I've got to figure out why they died. I've got to figure out why all this happened. And he carries that burden along with him. That was, by the way, we should note that one of the big things of the series that is 
for the most part consistently represented is that the four different suits decide the type of game that is played. Yes. Uh, spades are physically involved. Diamonds are uh, intellectual and, games. Hearts are psychological battles. And clubs are denoted as a balance. But in reality, they're mostly just like, work together or you'll all die. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, And uh, so hearts are the most cruel because they deliberately try and make the players turn on each other. And that's what happens in the game of tag is that because they are all basically told only one of you is going to survive. That is why only one of them survives. If they had taken a bit of time to think about it, maybe they would have figured out a solution that would have allowed all of them to live. And that's kind of how all the heart games are put forward from that point on is RSU is like, okay, there is a key to this. There is a trick to this that would allow literally everyone to live. Um, which I don't think there's a single heart game that actually happens where everyone lives, but <laughs> no, well, it's, they say that, but the way the heart games actually like the notion is that yes, there is a trick for that. Most of these would work if everyone was super communicative and figured things out, but there are also heart games that are like super, like, like there's one where it's like, <clears throat> You're basically outside of a building on a scaffolding and you have to get yes. raised up by answering questions. And if you ever it's like pick the majority or the minority, if you ever pick the minority for the answer and you're wrong, you instantly die. So and then the questions start getting ludicrously hard. So there's ones where you're like, I don't know, it seems pretty likely someone might die in that one or the Jack of Hearts one that we talked about, which was deliberately the the dealer of the game, the person controlling our citizen, I guess, at that point, controlling the game is a, is involved with it. You have to figure out who they are and make them die. And you're like, yeah. well, that's super easy to like someone else, someone innocent to get kind of hit with the shrapnel in that essentially. So like, it seems like it actually is like a pretty, it, it, it's one of those things that sounds good in premise, but I don't know how real it honestly is. Um, yeah. And there is sort of an interesting dynamic in the way that, Similar, I guess, to like Saw games. They're like, there always, there is always supposed to be an answer. I believe I don't haven't watched really the Saw movies, but I've listened to a lot of people talk about them, read the Wikipedia's and stuff like that. And it sounds like it's a big yeah. thing that there's, it's like there's you always had to have a, a solution. Twist. Yeah, and so. it, I remember there being a thing that one person who was the Saw person stopped giving actual ways to win puzzles, right. and then they had to get punished because that's not what the Saw games are about. And that's. More or less how these the, games work. The vengeful, the vengeful serial murderer business. We have a very <laughs> yeah. firm set of rules that we adhere to. At all I time. will set up a reverse bear trap on a person's cock so it'll explode their scrotum out into their face if they don't need a pile of diarrhea. But I have honor, sir. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of how most of these work. But there's also some that are like a lot of diamond games I found are simply just four or five people walk into a room and one of them will leave because the other yeah. ones are going to have to die, which is a, one of those things where you're like, all right, this sort of doesn't blend with some of the themes we'll get into later on in the story. But, and this is what I've had to do for a lot. Cause there's a lot you had to kind of make your own judgment call on the, the way I've started to rationalize it is we later find out there's kind of a person in charge of each category of games. And, yes. Maybe you could justify that the person in charge of diamond games is more interested in, in like sort of a a person emerging 
fairly as the winner of the game and not so much in let's do cooperative stuff. Because as I said, most diamond games we see tend to be head-to-head matchups. Now, I say that, I think we are only introduced to, like, one diamond game at the start, which is, like, a fucking light bulb puzzle. And then all of... All of the other ones we see are fucking the quote-unquote Cheshire Cat just playing fucking games. So, I don't know. Yeah, all the Diamond stuff was probably the stuff that I was the least into. The Delight Bulb puzzle, by the way, is like an actual like thought puzzle that like, you know, people... I remember having it proposed to me a long time ago. Uh, so when that one showed up, I was like, oh, I actually... I actually remember this one. So that's nice. That it's not like just this weird bullshit thing that got thought up. It's yeah. like, no, that's an actual thing that people think about. Some, uh, you Nick, know, uses a puzzle example sometimes. Nick would have helped us get out of that puzzle. And then uh, I assume we would have immediately walked into one of the bad games after that and all got killed. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, that'll I mean, be that'll be your specialty. Every fucking time you show up in the manga, it's going to have your name and a little diamond underneath your name to show that that's your specialty. And I like that Arisu's specialty is hearts. And he had played one heart game and all of his friends died in it and they're like specialty hearts i was like i guess i don't really know if that was a victory for him (laughs) yeah i guess he did solve the 10 one but uh i mean (laughs) but even before that his specialty was still listed as hearts it was after he played three games one clubs one spade and heart and he lost all of his friends in the heart game Good job. Good job winning that one (laughs) (laughs) i'm a master (laughs) i miss him so lonely Oh god. So So Arisu goes through this and uh he it falls into this like depressed state for a bit, but fortunately he's found by uh someone that he met in one of the previous games that he <laughs> yeah. solved, Usagi, whose name means rabbit because she is the white rabbit and Arisu is Alice. And there is I think like 5 or 6 characters total who stick who adhere to that naming convention of a reference to alice in wonderland i i picked out five and i might have been missing them some of them i didn't even pick up on there's alice usagi is the white rabbit there's a little queen of hearts there's a character just called hatter and then Mm -hmm. chinyasa whatever his name is the cheshire cat supposedly shishia i i I physically cannot see it but (laughs) well his name sounds like Cheshire. I know, so but I'm I, like, I, I but but the, the I just want to address the the Alice in Wonderland theming on this series is very paper thin because I was oh, like, because yeah. there was a point where I was like, is there no Cheshire cat in this manga? And I was like, I guess that one dude is the Cheshire cat, except he is nothing. Like the Cheshire cat is defined by like an illogical attitude and being mad and everything like that, and this dude is strictly logical in everything right. he does so it, it's not a good blend between the two and also there is dodo because he's like a dodo the oh. dodo bird shows up in alice in wonderland oh wow so, okay no i did yeah. not <laughs> it, it, honestly like i literally when once i once i realized oh right usagi means rabbit and then i started like and oh right the final villain is is the queen of hearts then i started like looking for more and i was like well no wonder i didn't pick these out because <laughs> there's only a couple of them and, them and there are a fraction of the characters in the manga it's not like you're like oh all the important you're like no there's nothing for queena there's nothing for agni there's nothing for the king of like all these very important i was like trying to think i was like is there like a blazed out character who's like was supposed to be the caterpillar or something like that and i was like technically there was Hold up. Maybe I'm. I am stretching this. I am stretching this. So, 
I was thinking that like, okay, certain characters that are paired with them, maybe they, maybe that's the one to look for. But like, yeah, Kawina has nothing to do with it. And she is kind of paired up with Chishia for a little bit of the series. So I am stretching on this one. Hatter and, and Agni, whom he calls Mori-chan, sounds a tiny <laughs> bit like March. <laughs> the march I, yeah and he's he's very much like that you know oh yeah you know you can just see him sitting around a table being crazy <laughs> i'll say the closest to anything it actually gets i thought was hatter resides over what is essentially an eternal party and i was like all yeah. right i kind of get that but beyond that everything else is straight up just like thematic stuff essentially it's it, it's as much as like you know, Oda naming his characters after famous pirates being like, oh, no, this isn't a fantasy. This is a historical drama. Like these these are all this. Hawkins is just like the real life Hawkins, you know, like now it's, sure. it's it's very silly and and just kind of a naming convention and theme over the top of the manga. I mean, you can definitely draw a lot more between the themes of Alice in Wonderland and the themes of Alice in Borderland than you can between the individual characters that are supposed to be named between them, because to a certain extent, although I think because of the, sp- just the I'm going to butcher this word now, I can always, I fuck it, specificity? Yes. Yeah. Because of the specificity of what Al- Al- Alice in Borderlands theme is, it's almost somewhere like, yeah, I guess it is connected with, you know, Alice in Wonderland's major themes of, like, identity and self-discovery, except this one is much more narrow and focused in what it's trying yeah. to answer, as opposed to, you know, the greater answer, just like, who am I? Yeah. There's, I mean, Alice in Wonderland is a lot... It's it's hard to theme something after Alice in Wonderland because it's too druggy. Yeah. To <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to... Fo- I, I, it is just kind of weird because you notice the, the those parallels and you're like, well, are there any more? No. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then they some of them come up and like the last thing that happens is that Arisu has to play croquet with the Queen of Hearts. You're like, hold on a second. <laughs> Was there themes between everything before this? Hold on. I'm like, which one? Is, which one is the mock turtle? <laughs> I had to stop for a moment. I was like, you know, when you think about it, the tag game is also a lot like eating mushrooms to change your size. And <laughs> like, I really start having to stretch to make it happen. Oh, no, yeah. That's the scaffolding game where you go up and down. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like how I, I did check out the Wikipedia or the wiki rather for uh, Alice Borland at one point because I was just trying to remind myself of some of the games. And yeah. uh, it was a reminder, like uh, the three of clubs is the first game they run into. And I guess the three of clubs is the first card that is seen in uh, in Alice in Wonderland. And they're like, yet again, another similarity between the two. And I was like, I guess oh, like, this is like your big fucking ace in the hole. I gotcha. We're one for one. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's talk, I guess, about... Um... Do we want to get to spoilers? Yeah, I think that we have to. Okay. Because I've... It, everything after the point where Adusu's friends die feels like one long blur to me in terms of, like, this is where things just, like, get serious and then you learn a little bit more about how things work and then yes. it's it ends. So after that, Arisu meets... Well, he doesn't meet, but he 
re-encounters Usagi. And Usagi can't really just let him just die. So she uh, befriends him and shows him how to survive in this world because she's got survival skills because she is uh, a climber. Uh, So she's used to being out in the wilderness and looking after herself. And uh, so the two of them work together and they learn about this place called Beach, which they think is, which, by the way, (laughs) the fact that it's not called Tea Party. (laughs) (laughs) It's just called Beach. Well, well, Nick, it's because everyone has to wear swimsuits, which for the ladies means bikinis. And for the guys, it's like shirts and whatever. Who gives a Anything you want. <laughs> sure, that's swimwear, I guess. Fucking jeans. So, turns out that there are a lot more people that have been transported to the Borderlands than initially appeared. It's just that a pretty sizable number of them have joined this organization called Beach under their cult leader, Hatter, who has decided that he knows the solution to everything. He doesn't have any better of an idea than anyone else, but he is charismatic and and projects confidence, and so people follow him. Yeah, he basically states eventually through like a flashback that he's like, if I don't give the people something to believe in, they're going to be lost and crazy, so yeah. I will be their leader and give like an order to this, and then starts to buy into his own bullshit by the end. Um, so... He declares everyone like that the way to get back to Japan is to gather all of the playing cards that they are being rewarded as visas. And so they have this big old freaking marker board and they're marking them off as they gather them. And eventually someone kills Hatter. And this appears to be the impetus for the the reveal of the final unsolved game, which is the Ten of Hearts, the most difficult, intense, psychological game. And it turns out that it is very much meant by the people running the game to just get rid of all these assholes who have been working together, (laughs) essentially. Um, And it's basically a murder mystery game where once you keep find the person responsible for killing another person uh this girl who finds who turns up having a knife in her stomach once you burn their body on the pyre then the game ends and in victory uh there is a time limit of course arisu figures out that hatter's friend agony is deliberately making everyone kill each other because he's the one who actually killed Hatter in a moment of paranoia. Uh, and he believes that Beach is a corrupting influence who made his friend crazy. And so he also wants to die. Yes. So, okay. but <laughs> it's, it, it's one of the ones that has a clever solution to it because they're yeah. like, look, the person who started this is the one who killed themselves. If you guys had just talked this out... There was literally a forensic investigator among you who figured out that she killed herself pretty easily with just a few minutes of investigative work. Yeah. You could there have... was a panic in the building going on, she and everyone was running around killing each other. She was like, I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a reverse grip. Only she could have killed herself. Boom, throw her body on the pyre. All of us get to live. But because yeah. everyone's kind of predisposed to, to suspicion, 
they just start killing each other because the because the one force that is strongest in it is a crazy military force full of mostly insane people by the way yes full of a dude one dude who just calls himself the last boss and walks around murdering people and a guy who's a disgusting freak who for some reason just keeps on living in this manga i don't get what niragi's deal is uh, <laughs> let's talk about this so it turns out that beaches has beaches where we are introduced to a lot of the sporting cast in yes. this series there is the uh the Forensic specialist who kind of just disappears for a lot of this. Yes. I think she's just too smart to be in the rest of the series. Well, Nick, it's <laughs> it's because there were only so many times for games where being smart mattered, and they just right. gave all of them to the fucking Cheshire Cat. So, Chishia turns out is part of this because he and because he's like launches this whole scheme to like get the playing cards for himself, and he betrays Arisu and Usaki to do it. Uh, we are introduced to. Kuina, the best character in the series. Yes. Um, and then we're introduced to all of Agni's militant asshole people, one of whom is a guy who has a katana and just tattoos himself, and it turns out that he has found purpose in the games because he was a loser in real life. Um, Kuina kicks his ass, uh, and he dies. <laughs> Good. In, in fashion that he would probably be happiest with. And then there is Niragi, who is just an insane asshole. Yeah. He was bullied when he was outside of the games. I feel bad for him, which is why it's okay for him to take an Uzi and gun down countless people and try and rape Usagi. And then he gets burned by this homemade flamethrower that Shishia whips up and falls off a building and then just comes back and keeps on sticking around and then when he gets shot at the end, they're like, we need to fi finish the game so that he will live. <laughs> we're we're going to get to this eventually when we get to, like, the very end of the series. But he is one of the most interesting characters. And you're just like how he applies to sort of the end theme and what it means to, like, leave the Borderlands. And you're just like, how the fuck did this Un unredeemable cocksucker <laughs> like make it so long and so many fucking other good people had to die as a result of this yeah um so I, I mentioned her before and I think that this is one of the one of the things that kept me going in this series was if you catch on to certain people you will want to see what happens to mm. them so Usagi I liked Usagi I thought that she was you know I thought she was uh, fun and cool, and I liked how you know self-assured she was. However, at this exact point in the story, she and Arisu become love interests, and she becomes far less interesting. I was going to say, they maybe have the least amount of chemistry I've seen between two characters who are supposed to be romantically into each other that I've ever seen in a manga. These characters, I, I was like, there is fucking not a single spark flying when these two characters are interacting with each other my problem with it was that she just stopped being cool and independent yeah. she becomes just something for arisu to save yeah she, and... she becomes uh ironically because she's a mountain climber she just becomes a hanger on in the rest of his story hey. basically um and it, it it's also frustrating because so much of arisu's story is arisu encounters a new game and he's usually good at figuring things out. 
So he can't do that or else the store like the game is solved and it loses, you know, all interest. So he has to have kind of an event, you know, to spare horizon. He has to kind of reach this point right. where he's like, oh, no. And then she'll kind of have to help pull him out of it. Or she's the reason why he's kind of having a, a, a despair moment because it's just like, oh, our relationship isn't going very well. Then what's the point of anything? Like, it's just one of those things. Um, and they repeat it so often throughout the series. I should say so often because he's actually only involved in like four games. Now that I really think about it after like after like the very start. But yeah, it is just this thing where he can't solve every game immediately. So eventually they just reach a point where they're like, I don't know. What if he just fucking fumbles around not knowing what to do for like 20 minutes and then has to figure it out in the last chapter or whatever. And that's kind yeah, of what imagine. happens. And that what if he just. What if he stumbles ass over tea kettle into winning the final game because he's too much? <laughs> Man, the final. I want to get to the final. Okay, game. we'll talk about. It. Um, then so she is is we get to learn more and more about him at this point. He's he's the smart asshole character, mm-hmm. and honestly, he's just not that impressive for, the, for, for huge chunks of the story. You're supposed to be like in awe of how smart he is, but honestly, it's one of those things where like the level of th- stuff that he has to do is so very specific that I can't even tell how he is smart. If you there, know what I mean, there was one instance where I actually was impressed. It was actually this. This was probably my favorite game in the whole series, mm-hmm. if only because it was interestingly framed, and it was the poker game, where it's basically five people playing poker, and every time somebody loses, they get. They get like everyone's playing with a noose around their neck. And if they lose all their chips, they're hung and their body hangs over this, you know, macabre poker match. It just has to continue. And there's a gimmick to it that if anyone is caught cheating, guns will open up in front of everybody and they'll all have a pistol in it. And you shoot the person who's cheating, basically, and then the game will continue. But, you know, Cheshire Cat figures out oh, hey, we're losing to this one guy, and he just used his gun on somebody else. So he intentionally cheats to get the other person playing to take their gun out and kill the guy who's in the lead, because there's no choice otherwise. So he plays like a big gambit, but kind of relies on the notion of just like, yeah, we're both going to take this person out, and then afterwards, you won't have a gun, so I kind of automatically win at that point. You know, right. it's, it's, I can it's, cheat as much as I want, and you can't cheat. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting move, and it was one that was clever, but again, this is why I have a big problem with him being the Cheshire Cat. I was like, I guess you could say it's such a bold move. It's madness. But otherwise, it is something he has strictly thought through very carefully, which feels right. like the antithesis of the Cheshire Cat. And then there's like the final game that he plays in where I was like, that's lame. So Yeah, I, that was another <laughs> one that's like, all right, it's kind of interesting scene because when we do start to meet the I'll just call them the kings when we meet them. They have interesting philosophies that do kind of put the way you view some of the games you've seen in their category to this point in a different lens. That's why we said like diamond games seem to favor someone coming out ahead through action. And that's why one person comes out ahead because it's it's based on the person who believes there should be fairly one winner. Whereas the clubs game is a balanced game that everyone should be able to get out of because the person who plays it has a team of friends with him. And he would want all of his friends to be able to escape these games. And no one gives a uh, shit about the spade guy. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, just... he's, he's crazy. Uh... <laughs> That's why he had that fucking baseball diamond game that is, without a doubt, the most unfair game in the whole fucking series. It's like, oh, come, to the, come to this baseball stadium. Hey, what's that? Kaboom. 99% of the, the participants are dead. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> 
all right, how do I make this game? How do I make this game more lopsided? Uh, the guy, the guy who's who's it and is wandering around has an Uzi. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I want to go back to this real quick. So there's a lot of like thought put into these games, and some of them are very clever. Some of them though have moments where you're like, these are the dumbest motherfuckers on the fucking planet playing this game. And the tag game was the first moment I recognized it because the whole game is oh, like yeah. it's a it's it's an apartment complex, and there's a shooter basically. It's tag, but the, the, you know you're tagged with bullets that are gonna just kill you. So watch out for that. And this person is a f- fucking walking around in a trench coat and a big fucking horse head mask, and they're huge. And somebody eventually is like. You know, I know the gun that they're using, and that gun has a 10-second reload to it. Even if you're super fast, it has a 10-second reload. So all we have to do is wait for them to run out of their clip, and then we can jump on them, disable them, and kill them. Just, like, choke them out and just kill them, basically, and we'll be able to survive this game. I'm sure he's not carrying anything else (laughs) in his trench coat. No, like, the big twist is, like, a second gun, and you're like, I cannot... I would already be panicked if someone came up to like, I think we can catch this guy. I'd be like, that's insane. There's, there's no, no, he has no. a gun. And they're like, good luck with that. I'll be over here. There's, no, you don't understand. There's a 10 second window where he has to reload. And, oh, yeah. You have those 10 seconds. I'll be over here. No matter how much I was hoping that this is going to be an answer, there was no way I wouldn't ask. But what if he has a second gun? Because <laughs> clearly he's in a giant trench coat. It's like he's fucking walking around butt naked and the gun was hidden up his butthole. Like he's fucking a giant trench coat. He, he can have thousands of guns under there. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of moments where people just die because they're stupid. <laughs> because you need to have people who demonstrate like yes. the consequences of not thinking through the game uh, in very gratuitous manner. Um, th- there are also times where like, Clearly, the person who designed this game was just fucking trolling people. Uh, I have been watching and I've finished watching it, the Netflix adaptation of this series. And they move some stuff around a few different times. Like like the first game is very different. Um, The second game has a couple of different characters involved in it. Then they use one of the side story missions as Arisu's big getting back on his feet moment before they investigate Beach, uh, which is the bus mission mm-hmm. from uh, one of the side stories. Runaway, I think it's called, or something like that. Right. Where it turns out the solution was the goal is actually the bus that you start off in the entire time. And they completely change the way that that unfolds. So it takes away one aspect of, oh, well, you would have passed if you had just looked out for all of your teammates and stayed here. Uh, but it does add the the benefit of like, OK, these are characters that you actually care about that are participating in it. And also it has a much cooler means that they solve it, which is that they actually get the bus running and like <laughs> and, and all sorts of stuff. So there are a lot of differences in it. And some of the differences in the Netflix series, I think, make it much more fun to watch than this series was to read. So if you're I could listening see it. to talk about this, I recommend actually giving that a try and see how you like it before trying to get into the manga. Also, I think Kuina comes a lot, across a lot better in the in the uh, Netflix series than she does in the manga. And I like her already. So. I would say, is she, do they keep her backstory and everything? Because the, the reason I like Kuina is because she's a heroic trans character yes. and there are not a lot of those in manga. No, uh, she's, she's great. Um, okay. They got it. They got a cis female actress for her, but I mean, they okay. could they did keep they did keep the backstory for her. Okay, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's a good detail then. 
also with her they even kept her mom being really awesome about it so yeah, yeah all right there you go then yeah by the way yes as you mentioned Kawina is a heroic trans female character in this series and she just kicks ass <laughs> yeah she get, fights the guy with the sword and beats him barehanded <laughs> so, <laughs> um ah, god my favorite character in the series was um akane the uh girl who is in the baseball diamond oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. game and who ends up just gritting your fucking teeth and making it out of there and she ends up having to amputate her leg and she becomes a badass one-legged archer girl and i think that that is really the the only real emotional investment you can get in the series is is there someone that you want to see make it out of this and get to the end because if you are invested in what Arisu is invested in, which is, I want to know the answer, you may wind up being very disappointed. It really depends on how you read the outcome of the series and the way that everything kind of winds down. Because we get to the end, uh, and so we go through the 8 through 10 stuff. Once all 40 of those are completed, then the next stage is revealed. And it turns out that... There have been these other people in the Borderlands called dealers who have been kind of running these games, and they are overseen by the residents of the Borderlands who don't have to worry about going through games and earning visas. They are permanent residents, and they were in a previous round of games where at the end of everything, all of the games were resolved, and they were given the option to go back to the normal world or to be residents in the next run of the Borderlands, and they would run the new set of games and, with their lives on the line if the players win. So it's this this constant, repetitive people fighting against each other with their lives on the line, uh, and sometimes people make it back, and sometimes people die. So the Queen of Hearts, who is designed presumably the majority of the hearts games that we have seen to this point is the final opponent in the series. And everyone has this weird moment where every, the, all the people who have survived gathered together and they're like, there's one game left. It's the queen of hearts. And they decide that only two people are going to go in and they decided through rock, paper, scissors and Usagi and, and Aris to go in because they're like, if more people go in, it might just be a way for us to be turned against each other because that's how hearts games do. Yeah. So Arisu goes in, and they're like, okay, you have to face me in one full game of croquet. Do I have to win? No. <laughs> you just have to complete it. And if we complete it, you win. If if you don't complete it, then you lose. So they start going through this, and Arisu's like, what is the secret behind the games? And she's like, have some tea. <laughs> have some tea and let's talk philosophy, basically. <laughs> And Arisu's like, well, this isn't suspicious at all. <laughs> the the final game is astonishing because it, it is dramatically relevant if Arisu and only Arisu plays the game. If anyone else had gone into that, that stadium because they don't give a shit about the answer and they also would not have drank the tea probably i think yeah. nine, probably 90% of the characters out there would not have drank drunk the tea uh 
they would have just played the game and it had been yeah. over because there is no hidden so gimmick as, beyond. So that. long as they don't kill the Queen of Hearts, yes. so she is able to finish. That's basically it. Both that's 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 to... that's one of her win conditions is to just piss you off so much you try to kill her, and at which point no one will be able to clear the game. The game won't ever end, and everyone will just die yeah. when their visas run out. It's it's the ultimate like despair game at that point. So, but the way that she gets this is literally. Only Arisu would do this, where he would be like, I don't want to finish the game until you tell me what the Borderlands <laughs> are and what and who's behind it and what's going on. And she proceeds to troll the shit out of him. There is like an entire chapter just dedicated to her saying, in the future, humans have eliminated all disease, have eliminated all war, have we have ascended to the stars, we've spread ourselves out across many planets. And then we got bored, so we made a, a VR simulation where people could actually experience death and experience terror again, and that's what you're doing. You're actually sitting safely in a computer simulator, uh, and you're going to wake up from this when you die. Really? No, I was just kidding. <laughs> and then, okay, it, and it, yeah, and that just lists off saying. like seven more, yeah. <laughs> she just makes up a bunch of bullshit because ultimately she doesn't know either. She doesn't know what the Borderlands are. But Arisu is so obsessed with learning the answer that he has to try and get it from her. And so he ends up taking this hallucinogenic tea, which causes him to almost fuck everyone over. And he gets snapped out of because Usagi fucking cuts her cardioid artery to, to shock him out of it. Uh, and they win. It, yeah, it was the romance for the ages. and <laughs> That's how it all, all came together there. So they saw the last game and everyone is given the choice to go home or to stay in the games. Two assholes who won a previous game decide, yeah, we want to keep on doing these games because we're crazy. Never see them again. <laughs> everyone else gets back home and it turns out a fucking meteorite hit Japan and thousands and thousands of people were injured. Many of them died. And it turns out that everyone who was knocked unconscious by this meteorite, has been sharing a collective unconscious experience, but that also really happened. So it, it, it's a very interesting thing. So essentially the answer to what is the Borderlands is the Borderlands is an elaborate purgatory uh, because everyone is going there. And whatever happened there kind of is what happened. So if you went to the Borderlands and you died, you died in real life. You you got hit by that meteorite, your heart stopped, and you just didn't come back. If you went to the Borderlands and you survived till the end and you chose to come back, then you died for that minute or whatever, and then you come back. Um, uh, although with one exception, which is Agni, who my justification for that is Agni hasn't learned to forgive himself yet, which is why he hasn't escaped the Borderlands, but he's still in a coma. So, you know, exactly how that plays. And then the third option is... If you chose to stay in the Borderlands after finishing the game, which those two assholes do, then they probably just die as well because there's never a point for them to escape anyway. And this is, again, an elaborate purgatory. So there's a lot of whatever. It, it plays to the theme of the story, which is there is no answer. The, right. There is no answer. There is not one collective thing. It simply is. And really, what you're looking for should be your answer. What 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 reason do you have to live to to enjoy life to 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 give yourself a sense of being and purpose, and that the 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 Borderlands is merely a place to kind of 
somewhat put a merit-based escape to it. Like that's that's the thing that's that's kind of fucking with me in the answer. Because it's it's sort of implied Arisu gets to the end on a merit base because he, he comes to realize that about himself. He's been searching for this answer, but he doesn't need one. And everyone else has kind of gotten through there by working together and helping each other and reaching the end of this borderline, except the two insane guys, but sometimes bad people succeed in the world or whatever too. <laughs> but then it's like, okay, but some people just got stuck into shitty games and died. Yeah. Like, is that merit based as well? And you could say, all right, well, what if it was retroactive? Like it's simply just some people, they were already going to die. Let's say, let's just start with Arisu and his two friends. His two friends were always going to die. So the story of the Borderlands in itself plays out with that having already been decided. That's why the three of them get pit in the game where they die because they, they were going to. That's that's irrelevant. But then you find out later that everyone who is managing the games are also people in the Borderlands. It's basically yeah. just when you come into it, you are either a player or a dealer. There's no choice involved. It's not a measure based off of who you were in a previous life or anything. There's no moral decision as to who becomes a dealer or not. And the dealers are just fucked. If the players finish the games, they all die. That is, there's no way to avoid that. So it's another one of those things where you're like, what's the moral implications there? A couple of the dealers we know were just high school girls who got stuck in a bad yeah. situation. Fuck them. Laser beam from space. You're dead. I don't, <laughs> you don't get to come back. Like it's a very interesting thing where you're trying to figure out what the moral message is. And I guess my eventual come away, like take away from it is like, I don't know, be a good person, but sometimes it sucks to suck. And I don't like good people <laughs> die screaming. I don't know. It is a tricky thing. Because what we are told eventually is that, yeah, the whole point of it was humanity doesn't strive to survive. Humanity needs to strive to find a, a reason to live. Mm -hmm. And Arisu finds that essentially in Usagi, which is I have a person to survive for, to want to live with. Uh, and we, f we find out eventually that, you know, cause we see him after he wakes up from being in the borderlands and he is at peace basically with himself. Like the, the doctor who sees him is like, where are these going to have survivors guilty? And he's like, you know what? I think we're going to be okay. And like, he goes and he decides that he's going to really live his life. Uh, he's just been this shut in, uh, you know, gamer for his whole life. But now he's like, I'm going to start applying myself. I'm going to go find out what I want to do with my life. Mm. And he also, despite not remembering his time in the borderlands, happens to stumble across Usagi and the two of them decide to go on a date together, which is probably the most chemistry that they have through the entire Yeah, series. honestly, it is. <laughs> it bummed me out, though, because this is a lot like Lost in that the final season was all an elaborate purgatory somewhat. And uh, they also meet uh, two of the characters meet at a vending machine. But in that, they get to remember their time together and have a big romantic swing, whereas this one, they're just like, hey, want to go get dinner? And I was like, oh, they don't get to remember. They don't get their big moment. <laughs> Uh, but that actually is very important they don't get to remember because there's a spinoff that involves what happens with your memories of the Borderlands and that they are real and they exist yes. in eternity yes. in the Borderlands. So if you would ever return, you will suddenly remember everything about the Borderlands. Which makes sequels much more convenient to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's so... I, 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 I really respect the series in its ultimate conclusion because I, I, I think there's a lot of interesting sort of respect to 
there is no answer. I, I've always kind of appreciated. Now, I'm also an agnostic atheist. I can. It's a lot more easier for me to justify a neck piece with the idea there is no answer, but what answer you come up with yourself. Uh, but I, I do appreciate a series that's basically going to be like, there is no answer. What was more important is what these characters discovered along the way. Um, but then also to say, but we will have spinoffs and sequels to expand upon the lore of the Borderlands. You're like, I thought you just said the Borderlands don't really matter. They're not really that important. Like, yeah, but, yeah, fran- but, a, but, yeah, but I thought it was a great game for the Joker of Diamonds, okay? <laughs> I, got a, I got a seven of clubs that's going to blow your tits off. <laughs> yeah, but the Netflix series came out, and so I got to do a spinoff to promote it, okay? <laughs> so... Um, I, I think that I, I, I agree with you in terms of, I do like the conclusion the series comes to 10 years ago. Me would have hated that cop out yes. ass shit, but <laughs> <laughs> I can absolutely see some people who are going to be furious by it yeah. because the final chapter is one of the, is probably the thing I love the most. The final oh, chapter is great. just a person interviewing people being like, what do you, I, I forget the exact question to get asked, but like, what do you, what do you, what are you living for? What do you think about life? And it is an entire chapter of people we've never met before just giving their one-sentence explanations for their life's philosophy, and it runs the game. Some people are annoyed by the question. Some people are very sad. They're depressed people. Some people seem to have found peace in life. Some people are very casual. But like, it's this wide spectrum of answers, and the manga is saying all of these are valid. And then eventually it closes off on our main characters, like a tease, like, okay, they got together, you know, whatever. Um, And I thought I was like, wow, that's a fucking beautiful way to end this, this manga that really ties everything together. Sequel, uh, but I can guarantee there are some people who are going to read that chapter and be like, "This is fucking bullshit." They didn't. There was no big last game fight or anything. Like I don't know. Like, I guarantee there'd just be people who are oh, really yeah. upset. Also, we have to go back. All that said, fucking, it really confuses me how Nagari makes it out of the game because, like, again, if there's some kind of merit base to it, he does technically seem to learn a lesson after getting fucking owned for like the sixth time in the series. But at that, his his answer is just like, I guess I won't be as much of a piece of shit. And I was like, all right, I guess this is an upgrade from you being a sexual predator. I guess I don't fucking know. Well, but he also has that really, really weird bit where he's lying, dying at one of the points, and he's like, don't you dare judge me, Oh yeah. because if everyone else <laughs> in the world was like me, then you would be the one that was called evil. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, but that's not the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> so just this unrepentant douchebag. <laughs> And meanwhile, like, can you imagine if, like, their solution for the the King of Clubs, I think it was, game, where they they have, like, the game of intricate team-based tag, and Hat Boy has to, decides to amputate his own hand and kill himself so that everyone else can win. Or if they had just been like, get over here, Niraki! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, just fucking don't 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 Ah! I don't think he had the points. Or no, he did. He also did have the points for it, because he touched one of the poles, so he would have had an extra 10,000. Yeah, we definitely should have done that. I mean, I didn't give a shit about Hat Guy either. Hat Guy was a character who was like, all right, fuck off, dude. <laughs> You're like, in this dream team of fucking Arisu and, and Kuina and, and Usagi, it's like, and then we got Hat Guy He's and the rapist stuff. dude. <laughs> Transphobe and racist guy are here to back you guys up. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Listen, you may not dis- you may disagree with all uh, all of our views, but we're here and you need five players for the <laughs> <Yeah>. team. <laughs> you, there is a player limit. You guys have to beat the cap. 
<laughs> All right, I guess we're doing this. All right, I guess final thoughts on Alice in Borderland then, because we've been going for a while on this. Yeah. Um, I will say I I thought when I first read this, I really was going to dislike it. Um, and about halfway through, I thought I was like, all right, it's entertaining enough to get me through, but I'm not loving it. And then I started to get bored of it. Like, again, I really hate the way the, the chapter structure works because all the constant side stories do nothing but kind of infuriate me because I care so little about half the characters the side stories focus on. And they're very long that you're like, just make these part of the manga. I don't understand why they're separate. Like, why is this a side story when it's the main fucking story? Um, but. The end of it really impressed me, and I really, really enjoyed the way everything kind of came together. Um, I also did read Retry, which is the sequel that we talked about, and I'll just note from it, I liked that as well. That was another Hearts game that basically we see Irisu get sucked into, um, and it. I don't want to spoil that since that's not ultimately, I guess, what this podcast is on, but I will say it, it answers some interesting questions, it carries on the mythology of it, and it... It is one of the better games as well, because it's another one of those games that has one of those things you realize halfway through, like, oh, we've been playing this wrong, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and it, answers some, it, it poses some interesting thoughts. Um, also, it's nice to see Reese who became a, uh, a high school guidance counselor because he knows a lot about the minds of others and he wants to help kids. So good for him. Um, I, I, I came away from this series ultimately liking a lot more. Now, I, 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 this is not a perfect series. I find this series equal parts fascinating and frustrating because there's there's a lot of time where dumb things happen there are some moments where the manga does feel like it's trying to be a little edgier than it needs to um and i i, I do think there's also just some points where like the the philosophy of the manga gets kind of muddled and confused um some of it intentional i guess but also at sometimes it just feels kind of annoying to read um but I, I ultimately enjoyed. I, I think it's Silent Hill mixed with Saw, and that sounds kind of awesome, I guess. <laughs> with like a like a like a fucking sprinkling a Susan of Alice in Wonderland on the top of it to give it a theme. Um, and I, I dig it. Like if this obviously now has a Netflix series that's that's running. If this is something that's going to become some measure of a franchise, then I'm happy for it. Also, this was done by the same guy who did Hide and Closer, which fucked yes. with me the first time I saw it. Because I was like, those are two art styles I didn't recognize when placed <laughs> next to each other. Um, but I, I did ultimately enjoy this manga. It's it, We've read a lot of good manga this year, so I, I, I don't know if it would show up on my top list. Um, but it was, it was a lot better than I thought this was going to be 20 chapters into it or whatever. Yeah, I would say that at the very least, this isn't going to be something that I'll forget next week. Yes. Um, there's definitely enough memorable characters and sequences. It does certain things incredibly well. Uh, like, like we mentioned, Kuina, great character that is honestly the most fun like to be around. Um, I liked some of the stuff that happened later on in the series uh, where uh, Dodo was kind of having his like, you're my new mom and dad moment <laughs> with Agni and Akane. Because I, I was like, you know, I would, I would like Akane to be my cool big sister, sure. <laughs> Agni's killed lots of people, though, kid. Uh, I don't know. If like <laughs> um, I, at certain points, it's frustrating because it's it really sort of... I think that this series became something that it wasn't at its beginning. 
I think that a lot of the stuff that uh, came out of this in terms of its outlook on stuff was sort of something that uh, Haruaso sort of decided in the midst of creating it in terms of like the philosophy behind yeah. it and stuff. And it was probably just originally uh, uh, devised as people play games and they die because that's, you know, people are really interested in games of death right now kind of thing. Um, and that really only takes it so far um, because it depends on the quality of each individual game and how interesting that it actually is. And like you said, a couple of the early ones are really bad. They're mm -hmm. just like, who cares? Like, there's no way to actually like solve this. There's, you know, you just have to get lucky or, or they're just kind of boring. Like there's, yeah. there's a couple you're just like, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm reading this, but whatever. They're not interesting to observe. Like, you know, if you don't know how freaking uh, uh, Mahjong works, then good good luck oh, with man. the whole Mahjong side story because it's nothing but one person going, well, I can't win right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beyond that, there's, you know, there are certain characters that are really interesting. There are certain characters that are really frustrating. And then at the end, yeah, it does all come together in a very nice way. But are you going to have it in you to get through this, you know, 70 chapter long series, which has all of these various ups and downs that will occasionally be very frustrating to go through? I came out of this yeah, liking it. But I think that if you are interested in the premise, honestly, I have watched the, the Netflix season. It's a lot easier to just watch it than to read it, uh, especially because it's condensed and there are certain elements that are made more interesting in the early parts. So that's my recommendation for this manga. Watch <laughs> go, go, go watch TV instead. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, real quick, what was your favorite game? Oh, gosh. I... Oh, God. I'm trying to think. Do you have a favorite game? I, I would say the poker game was my favorite just because of that cinematic quality. I really enjoyed the visual of the body, like the hung bodies hanging over this poker game was a very cool visual element. But I guess mm -hmm. in terms of one I actually like enjoyed, I actually did enjoy the King of Clubs. Like I actually, that was a twist I did not see coming where he, he shakes hands, transfer oh, yeah. the voice. And then you're like, Oh, he had a second bracelet on. You're like, that was actually pretty clever. I, I knew that that was, that he was going to, that the reason he was trying to shake hands was to do that. But mm -hmm. I had no idea that that was how it was going to work. Yeah. I think that that was probably one of the best thought out games in terms of how how it was designed in the entire uh, series, because some of them were just ridiculous, like kill all these animals, <laughs> just, kill them. <laughs> just kill a shit ton of animals. Um, and I didn't like the Seven of Spades game. That was the baseball field game. But I really love the way that it plays out. You like Arcana. the story. Of the game, yes. not the game. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Like, that survival of her just clawing to try to live is great. And learning more and more about her as she goes along. And then eventually you find out that all the things she's doing is like, no, she's just... I love the note that that sequence concludes on where she's like, I have been living my life up to this point because eventually I want to be the mother and the wife that you never were because you threw your life away. And so I'm going to survive here. And when she's down to her last breath and she's thinking about making the video of herself saying goodbye to her friends and family, she's like, you know what? No, this is a video for the future self, the future me who is going to have a happy life. You better 
live your life to the fullest and take advantage of the opportunity that I gave you. And remember that it was because I suffered for you to live. And she yeah. just gets up and keeps going. And she's, like, she's so awesome. And then That's she shows cool. up with an artificial leg and she's an archer badass. She's great. <laughs> it's still one of my favorites. Such, that game's such bullshit. <laughs> hey, did you read the rules? Cool. <laughs> what? What happened? <laughs> And then there's then you find out the king the king of spades is just like no I don't read off the rules. <laughs> he <kills everyone. laughs> He's just an asshole. <laughs> oh man, what a mood whiplash this series get, makes you go through. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we uh, this was uh, essentially over an hour, and uh, yeah. the the plan was if we got this long in discussing this manga, we'll probably release this episode separately. Uh, because if instead of attach- attaching this on top of the episode we're about to record with teching, uh in just a little bit, uh, which would probably already, I'm going to estimate, be like a two hour and a half long episode because we're going to be talking about every manga series plus Bleach with a guest Bleach. is going to be a very long discussion. Uh, we're not going to add an extra hour on top of that and make it a four hour episode. So this is a standalone. Uh, if you see the short length and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Just know there was a regular episode coming up soon. We just yes. didn't want to delay talking about this for another week on top of it and then start running into the issues with Sadistic September. So I actually do have a recommendation, by the way, uh, for us to add into. Uh, and this is uh, going to be just long enough. This is just a sous-son of a, a, of a series for us yeah. to talk about. You know, it's just the amount of Alice in Wonderland that you put in Alice in yes. Borderland. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little bit. It's a little sprinkle over the top. Uh, Nick, uh, we get told a lot that we don't review enough comedies. That's what everybody's saying. We don't we don't talk about them enough. Yeah, that's what that's yep. what people are like. They're like you guys with your battle manga and your 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 sexy harem manga and everything like that. You want something that's just gonna make people laugh and whatnot. Uh, which is uh, I'm trying to find the the series in the list so I can give the person who remembered who named it and I can't fucking find it. Listen, uh, Alice in Borderland has plenty of yucks in it. Okay, remember <laughs> that time when that person died because they didn't play by the rules? That was hilarious. All right, now I have to fucking search it up in the goddamn document. I know it was in here. Remember that that <laughs> there remember that okay. random ass Jack of Hearts game where one of the guys who won was just fucking that lady and she was totally loyal to him because he just dominated her completely. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> good that times. guy got to live <laughs> yeah yeah well hey that's honestly that is actually a thing i thought that the the only reason to keep those two alive is to say okay the borderlands are going to continue because these two fuckers are going to stay around to create the next round of sadistic games but both of them are hearts players so i guess they're just both going to make shitty hearts games that no one wants to play so <laughs> like it's like we saw like some crazy intelligent person who stayed around you're like oh that's the next round to die no it's just two fucking sadistic dickheads a serial killer and a ceo or like i guess you can because there's a lot of the series that also deals with like the decline of japan so like i guess you could also justify like the idea of like ca- a capitalist and an insane person are like the two evils that will continue to perpetuate but i was like one of those is not the same level as the other one like <laughs> Yeah, serial killer only kills individuals. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't kill the soul. <laughs> Can't kill that unless you're fucking making pay. Anyway, uh, we're going to be reading The Way of the House Husband. This is uh, ah. uh, a recommendation. Uh, Floking Around was the initial recommend, uh, recommended person. And uh, I've read uh, a good chunk of this series. It is a super quick read. It is basically, what if everything I was worried about when Sakamoto Days came out came to be true? <laughs> That's the easiest way I can describe <laughs> it. <laughs> So stay tuned for that, everybody. All right, y'all. That's going to do it. We'll see you next time for Weekly Manga Recap.
Oh, well, I guess real quick, we, we should, because this episode will have a title card. I want to thank Steve Mann, our title card artist, who uh, did oh, a very awesome talk. Yeah, thank you, Steve Mann. You can find out his work at twitter.com slash Steve Mann Art. So go check out his stuff. Bye. Also, oh, nope, nope. Right. You said you said nope, something. Nope. No, I haven't. I haven't it stopped yet. Wednesday, Dale Shedder and Milo Jack Stillis for the opening of that Michael is true. Marie That'll be there as well. YouTube. All right, and thanks to Ninja X3i for putting together the Google Talk and everything that goes along with it. All right, goodbye. Now you can't stop us now. <laughs>